You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 7, Episode 2. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post links to resources mentioned in the episode, along with a full transcript. You can find these materials at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hello, Sarah. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am very excited that we are back for another episode of season seven. I'm just like floored that we've had that many seasons because it it, like both feels like forever and also like no time has gone by at all since I know. I'm just that we're back like at all. Yeah. (laughs) We're recording again. That's exciting. I mean, given 2020 and also, you know, early 2021 when we're recording this, uh, you know, life has been lifey, but here we are. Uh, And today we're going to talk a little bit about um, our perspectives over the last few years on this idea of part-time versus full-time businesses. Um, We, this whole season, we're going to be doing a little bit of a retrospective. So kind of looking back on where we've been and how far we've come and where we are now. And uh, it just, it has felt like a really good time for doing some of that kind of reflection as we're both several years into our businesses now and feeling a little more stable and secure and and just kind of looking back at where we've been and what we've learned along the way. So um, thank you listeners for joining us for this. Um, Katie, I'm really curious to hear from you um, a little bit about kind of when you look back on where uh, where, when you started your business, when you were kind of wrestling with this idea of part-time, full-time, what went into that decision? And as you, um, have continued forward and, uh, continue to have a full-time, a full-time gig, as well as your side business, kind of what's gone into continuing that way, um, versus kind of jumping, you know, whole hog into the full-time business. I'm just curious kind of where, where your brain is at on all of those things. Yeah. Um, so many things, <laughs> so many <laughs> things to talk about. Well, okay. So I feel like the first thing to say is, you know, early, early days when we were recording Make Your Way, I feel like I lied to people a little bit. So I'm just going to like come out and say, there was a little bit of lies going on and, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because whenever we would talk about this, I'm like, I'm perfectly happy in my job. I don't want to go full time. You know, like I was always very much like happy with the part time And to some degree that was true, but there was definitely part of me. And I think it was part of me that I wasn't ready to publicly talk about yet. That was very seriously thinking about whether or not I wanted to do my business full-time. And I would say that there's a lot of us who probably go through at least some part of that process, whether we decide to go full-time or not, we at least kind of run the numbers to kind of see what would it mean to do that. And thankfully I can say this now, Thankfully, uh, I have a partner who is like a Buddha in terms of just levels of patience and, and is also a lot more slow moving than I am, who asks really good questions before we make, you know, big moves or other things. And he has always been the one who kind of puts the brakes on to be like, let's really think about this. You know, what are we doing? What's, what's the strategy here? And from the early days, you know, we've, we've always had as a big priority for us, things like health insurance benefits, long-term financial planning, you know, really wanting to make sure that we're not just making a decision because we feel like it, you know, but that it's a, that it's a good move for us, you know, in the long term. And everybody here knows I'm a planner. 
So, I mean, I think that the, the lie that I'm referring to is just this concept of like, that this was like not on my mind at all. Of course it was. I mean, I, I think anyone who's in higher ed, you've had your days where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like I want to have more control over my time, even if we feel like we have a lot of control over our time already. But sometimes just working within the bureaucracy of any industry, you're like, this is crazy and I don't want to do this. So I definitely had those moments. Um, I'm not a robot. <laughs> like I think that that we've we've all you know had that to some degree. But I will also say, as people who've been listening for a while know, you know, I still have a full time job. So even though I've I've had those thoughts and I've kind of run the numbers and and done that process, I feel like I have a more mature understanding now of what I need in order to make that decision and the runway that I would set up for myself to have that happen. And um, for example, and people who listen to me on my other podcasts and, and like follow my blog know, my partner and I have been working on paying down our mortgage. That is part of a runway of if we were decide to decide to go full-time with the business, we don't wanna be carrying a mortgage. We would like to have our monthly expenses be as low as possible. Does that mean I'm like going to quit my job and to go into the business full time, you know, in a year? No, not necessarily. But there's this concept of like building blocks for me of what are the things that I put into place if to basically to have maximum flexibility of my choices. And I think that that's something I've always been drawn to when you think about like the fire movement, which is like financial independence, retire early. The whole point of it is that you can have choices and then if you wake up one day and you're like, I don't want to go in this direction anymore, you can pivot and go in a different direction. That I'm really drawn to. But the, the tension there for me is I'm also really drawn to stability. <laughs> and I feel like from my earliest days of my childhood, it has been super important to me to build a strong foundation in my career that I feel like I am um, hireable, employable that I have the skills I need to pivot and grow and contribute and whatever that looks like, whether it's in my own business, whether it's for, for someone else. And um, I think that for a long time, I've been kind of just thinking through those tensions. And the, the last thing I'll say that I feel like I've come to a better understanding of is I think that when, with any decision, and I'd like to hear your perspective on this too, Sarah, because I feel like you have a better sense of it than I do as someone who does this part-time. I feel like whatever you decide to do, there's pros and cons. So knowing myself well, if I went full-time, I would be super concerned about the money situation. Like my anxiety would be through the roof about every you know month's income. Are we gonna hit our numbers? What do I need to do to like set that up? I would get more desperate. I would take on clients potentially that I don't necessarily feel are the best fit for me. Like I can just imagine that I would be, it would be harder for me to make some of the kinds of decisions I make now that I feel are very aligned with my values, with who I want to be as a business owner. And I just, it's not that I feel like I would completely fall off, you know, but I feel like it would be a lot harder. And part of me is like, can my current situation be a training ground for the day that that does eventually happen, you know, if I decide to go full time, where I have, I've worked that muscle. And I, I understand even in months where it feels a little precarious, I can still stay kind of with integrity with my decisions. And I'm honestly not sure I'm there yet. And I think that part of it is uh, the fact that I have anxiety, <laughs> that I have an anxiety disorder. Like, that's a very real factor for me in running the business is trying to 
keep the business in a place where I can control how I am in the business. And I just feel like that those dynamics will be different if it were to go full time and that all of a sudden I would feel way more pressure, you know, if it's paying our bills and providing our health insurance and all those kinds of things. So that was a lot uh, to just like <laughs> dump out. I totally hadn't really thought through all of that, but yeah, that's, that's what I got. Yeah. Well, it, it all makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's so interesting hearing you talk, Katie, because I, I think I, at least I hope in this episode, we'll kind of make the point that like each individual person, every individual business owner is going to go through their own iteration of that, uh, determining where your comfort level is and determining financially for you and for your situation, what makes sense and, and what doesn't, and how, you know, how does this, the, the, how does the, ten, the tennis work, <laughs> you know, back and forth a little bit. Uh, and, and that those decisions are, you know, we can't prescribe them for people and, uh, you know, they're going to have to come from you internally, as you said, kind of aligning with your own business and your own values, your own need for, uh, as you said, kind of control over how you operate in the business, um, you know, your own mental and physical health, the, the, uh, partners, dependents, kids, houses, you know, all of those kinds of things are factors that play into the calculus of, do I stay part-time? Do I go full-time? How much stability do I need? You know, those, those sorts of things. So it's not an exact science, <laughs> I think is what we're, we're getting to here. Um, and, and also that that conversation changes over time. I, I, mm -hmm. I hear that from you too, Katie, that like early on, it was like, no way, this is just not happening. And now you're talking about building runways for the possibility of, of you know, going to the business full time and what that could look like and, and what you need both as sort of your family unit, but also what you need individually yourself to feel comfortable with that. And I think yeah. those are all really great and mature conversations to be having, having either with your, your, your partner or your family members, but also with your own brain as to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. What do I well, need here? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel it was a weird turning point, Sarah, in 2020, when I realized, you know, higher ed is, is going to go through a thing, you know, it's, it's starting, we're not sure what it's going to be. And I think a lot of people are feeling the precariousness of that. A lot of people have felt it for a long time. I mean, I don't want to ignore the the people who have been in contingency roles and other things for a long time. But in 2020, I definitely had this moment where I was like, I am not sure what is going to happen with my job. And I felt a sense of stability from the business where I was like, well, it's okay. We have this other income stream. It's going fine. You know, we, we have this other thing if we need it. That was like this interesting shift because it used to be, well, the business, you know, at least I have my job. I have stability coming from my job. But all of a sudden, when your job is not as stable to have the business be the form of stability. So there was definitely this interesting like mental shift where I was like, oh, OK, that there's something has happened there mm -hmm. where I now feel like I have more confidence and control of what's happening in the business than I necessarily do in my day job in terms of like the trajectory of my career and what could happen there. And so that, you know, it helped me think about it in a really different way. I also think it helped my partner think about it in a really different way because we were both like kind of okay during this, you know, like in this pandemic time where there was a lot of things to question and we weren't really sure what was going to happen. We both just kind of looked at each other and said, well, we have the business. So 
well, let's see what happens, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, but we had this sense of like, it will work out, you know, it'll be okay. And so far, you know, knock on wood, it's fine. And I have my job and all these other things, but um, it, like you said, it does change and shift and pivot over time. And the other thing I would say too, is you have a moment um, or some of us have a moment. I don't think we all kind of achieve this place with the businesses that we run, but where I, I could live off the business. I mean, like we, we could do that now. Like we've reached a place in the business where that, you know, if you think about it as like a, a graph, you know, those lines have crossed each other and, and, you know, I, I don't even know what it's called. Obviously I'm not a quant person, but we, we have that, you know, that situation has happened. And that also changes your perspective on it because it's not really a matter of, you know, whether you want to do it or not, it's like, you start to get strategic in a different way about, you know, once you realize that you can kind of do both, you know, and that it's sustainable to do both. It's like, well, why wouldn't I, (laughs) why wouldn't I be sustained and fulfilled in all these different ways? You know, like, that's cool to me. I I feel like in some situations, people feel like it's really um, pulling them apart or it's like they're it's too much or it's not sustainable and like all these things but right now for me it does feel sustainable so it's like that I don't have a real rationale yet of like why would I feel like I really needed to leave um the parts where where it has felt that way is when I I'm in a place where I feel dissatisfied you know with my my job and I certainly have had those moments you know in the last five years um and that partially resulted in me moving to a new job. I mean like that. So there's lots of different ways I think to handle that. It doesn't always mean taking a leap into the full time of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You raised some, some great points about sort of the nuances of, of wrestling with those questions. Cause it, yeah, it's complicated. And I think at the core of a lot of this, I I'm just reminded that, that the financial stability piece is so huge. And, it is. and that is, and that's one of those things that like we have, really, really horrendous inequities in the U.S., especially, and and I would say Western society more more broadly, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to economic uh, inequality. And, and so, you know, for my part, at least, I recognize that a lot of this decision, like, would not be possible were I not in the financial position that I'm in. And like, that's, that's very humbling for me. It's like, oh, if, if things were different, I wouldn't be able to do this. I would have to be relying on a full-time position. Um, I probably wouldn't have gone and gotten a PhD, right? Like that, there are so many points in my life that would have been so different had I not had that, that financial piece to rely on. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just acknowledge that as that's a, that's an experience I have not had. And so I don't, um, I don't know what it is like to have to to wrestle with those questions um, about you know how are you going to make your bills this month right and right. and I feel you know like I said very um, <laughs> humble humbly approaching that 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 issue and acknowledging mm-hmm. that like that that is a thing for a lot of people and it shouldn't be a thing for as many people as it is a thing for or anyone for that matter but um, but it that is Katie bo- yeah. yeah that you and I both are kind of coming to this from a a position of being able to kind of control and and um, at least massage <laughs> the financial stability part of the equation, um, and and that that's huge. So yeah, no, I think this is a big deal, and I I do, I mean, there were definitely I don't know that I ever felt this way toward you specifically, Sarah, but there's a lot of narratives about online business where people are like, I took the leap, and I'm like, yeah, because your partner has a full time job. Like, stop, stop telling that right. narrative as if it's like this huge brave thing you did, 
and I don't feel that way anymore, but this is like talking retrospectively in the yeah. beginning, I had a lot of bitterness towards those people. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, I I'm sorry. Like that's, you have a safety net. Yeah. I don't have a safety net, you know, like yeah. I'm the breadwinner. I'm the one who we've invested in my career. And the, it was a lot of pressure to like, really make sure that I was supporting myself and my partner and we don't have kids and, you know, like we, there's other, you know, variables there, but I think that that to me was always a huge, like, um, just sensitive area that I just felt like, can I have a real story of someone who's actually done this when they were the breadwinner? Those were the stories I was really drawn to because I was like, talk to me about that. That to me feels like super risky. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, get over yourself. Like there's so many ways of risk. I mean, like, and and how do we define courage and whatever? Like, I just, I, I think that's silly to, to divide those things out. And I, I'm always been curious, Sarah, and maybe our listeners have been too. Has there been part of this time since you went full-time where you've thought about going back to a job or where you've been like, I'm not sure I want to do this, you know, in the same way. Cause I feel like that's the other thing is online. There's a lot of stigma toward people when they go back to work that it's like, you couldn't make it work or you could whatever. Have you ever considered that? What has that been like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the idea, you know, maybe crossed my mind a few times. I don't think I ever took it seriously in part because I knew I wasn't done with this part of the journey yet. And, and again, speaking from a a place of incredible privilege, right? Like I've had, I've had the opportunity to kind of mess up and, and, you know, not do as well as I, I maybe needed to do to make the business successful and, and those sorts of things. Um, For me, I think there, there were definitely times where it was like, is this going to work in the way that I need it to for my life and for my partner's life and for all of those kinds of things? Uh, and, and would it be better for me to go back and get along, you know, a full-time job somewhere? And I would think about that and I would think about all that would come with that and then I'd be miserable. <laughs> so for me, it was sort of this like, okay, I'm clearly not done with this, this part yet. If, if my reaction to the thought of going and getting a full-time job is that like, no, that's not what I, that's not what I should do. Um, you know, just internally, I was like, nope, that is not the right choice right now. Um, and so, you know, Katie, you and I've talked a lot about being aligned to kind of your values and, and those sorts of things as much as you're able. And, um, you know, for, so for me, I think that that was kind of a, a good gut check of like, nope, I'm not done with this yet. This is hard. This isn't working the way I think it should, but I need to stick with this for a while because, you know, I, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out if this is something I can do long-term um, and how, and what does that need to look like and those sorts of things. So, you know, I'm thankful for the time that I had to kind of figure that out along the way. Um, I, I think I mentioned in the last, uh, the first episode of the season, um, Katie, that that one of the things that I kind of struggled with was, did I jump into this too soon? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. could I have gone to a different full-time position for a while and continued to build the business on the side? You know, would it have been more financially viable to do that? Uh, you know, all of those kinds of questions. Um, knowing what I know now, I, I don't think I would have done it differently, but I could have certainly gotten myself into a situation where I was not really having a, a healthy business and where it was not actually contributing what I needed to for, for my family and, and to make that work. So it was definitely a risk and it was definitely something that, um, 
you know, I was wrestling with at the time and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to continue to bring in clients and, and make money and do different things and also still be fulfilled in this work that I'm doing because I, I need that fulfillment because it is, it is a part of my identity to, to feel value in the work that I do and being useful to others. Um, and, and so for me, the idea of jumping back to a full-time job where it was taking away a lot of the freedoms that I had really yearned for. Um, and the, you know, the, the things that I was really looking for in starting my own business to kind of take all that away again, felt confining and felt like it was not what I needed to do um, at the time. So mm -hmm. thankfully I was able to kind of weather that and, and um, move forward. And now I'm, you know, kind of by happenstance, but also kind of by a lot of hard work uh, in a situation where, um, I feel really good about the business and, and where it is and kind of the direction and that it's going. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of the weathering the storm, but also recognizing that I had a huge safety net and an ability to do that, um, in a way that a lot of people don't. So mm -hmm. I don't know that I have any advice for people out there <laughs> other than, um, you know, just staying as aligned with your, with your, um, internal, guide as much as you can. Um, and also recognizing there are a lot of pieces to this part of the equation mm -hmm. about whether and when and how long and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, it's interesting to hear you describe that. Cause I do feel like there's this part and maybe this is not true for everyone, but it was definitely true for me. It sounds like it might've been true for you, Sarah, where you have this like beginning stages of owning a business. And it's kind of like when you're an undeclared major in college, and it's like, I don't quite know. And I switched majors like five times plus. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about psychology. I was thinking about being a religion major at one point. I was thinking about um, education. I, you know, like journalism. I mean, I went through all these different things and then I landed in the English department. Um, and I just feel like I see that in the beginning of my business. So like if I had made the decision to go full-time in the business within the first year, I don't know that I would be where I am now with like, cause part of what, what working full-time and doing the business on the side allowed me to do was like invest in my coaching credential. You know, like I was able to take money from the business and put it back into the business, which has allowed me to do other kinds of credentialing. It's allowed me to invest in kind of foundational elements and take time that I want to take to like grow the coach training program and other kinds of things. So there's, there's definitely something to be said for, I think the slower taking your time, figuring it out, allowing yourself to feel out, you know, what feels good to you. And I think you could certainly do it in the way that you've described too, but there's also, I'm curious if you had that sense of like undeclared major, <laughs> where you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, I'm trying to feel this out. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, I definitely did. And I definitely feel like the first uh, at least six months to a year of the business was that was like trying a bunch of different things to figure out which thing do it should I be doing, you know, a little bit throwing it throwing it up against the wall and decide to see what sticks. Um, you know, the, the other the other piece of this that I, I want to acknowledge too is for me, the working a, a full time job and then putting more energy into the side business was was also not tenable for me and for my family and our values and and what we wanted to do right like mm -hmm. i i am not the kind of person who can work for more than probably realistically a good like 6 to 7 hours a day is a, is about what my brain can handle in terms of really in-depth work and so 
you know, that was the other consideration too, is if I, if I go and take a, another full-time job at the end of, you know, the, the, my previous um, position at the university, like I'm going to be spending a lot of time and energy, you know, diving into that new job and learning that new job. And so really I'm just pushing off this timeline for this thing that I know I inevitably want. And does that mean I'm, I'm putting it off to the point where I will never do it and then will I regret that? And so mm-hmm. there were lots of those kinds of pieces of, of the puzzle for me too. Um, you know, and even now as a full-time business owner, it's like my evenings and weekends are pretty sacred to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I still, you know, I, I have figured out boundaries that I need to have around my work-life balance kinds of stuff. Um, and so for me, the idea of having a full-time job and also running a side business is just not something I can mm-hmm. do, you know, and I, I tried it for a little while and it, it hurt the health of the business to do that. Um, you know, in the early days, it, it was like, this isn't going to be a thing unless I'm able to actually devote my time and energy and attention to it in the ways I need to. Um, yes, arguably, I still jumped a little too early, <laughs> but um, but I would have needed that time to kind of figure stuff out at the beginning anyway. And so mm-hmm. um, I think for, for people who are, are thinking about starting a business, one of the things that a lot of people talk about, and you know, I think we've talked about it here, is figuring out what resources do you need to have, a, you know, t- kind of tucked away to get through three to six months of kind of pretty lean times, um, you know, financially. So, you know, that that would be something to definitely consider is to start doing that math and start kind of tucking that nest egg away <laughs> for that that j- inevitable jump. If you are the type of person who feels like doing two things at once is just not. Mm-hmm. feasible. Um, you know, and Katie, I know you thrive in that kind of environment. And for me early on in the podcast, I, I will admit I got into some comparative stuff too, where I was just like, how does she do this? Oh my gosh. I am so, <laughs> I'm not good at this. I am not good at this business thing. Cause I'm not doing it the way Katie's doing it. And oh my gosh, <laughs> I got over that, <laughs> but, but there well, were definitely think- times where I was like, I should be doing more. <laughs> It's a good mod. I mean, it's, this is, I, this is why I love us having these conversations because we do things in different ways and yet we're both successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, yeah. it's important for people to see that. I mean, I just got this question last week on Instagram because I've been posting my um, to-do list on Instagram and someone was like, um, are you, what, what is your, what are you doing? Are you working like 10 hour days? Like what's happening? And I was, I was honest. I said, yeah, basically, you know, like I, I get up at five in the morning. I have about three hours before I go into my day job. Sometimes I do tasks then sometimes I just like read and do my morning routine and whatever. But after work, I'm with clients for like two to three hours, pretty much every night. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's, I have every night booked either with coach training or clients. And then every weekend I work from nine to five with clients every day, you know, every weekend day. Um, yeah, like I, the, I'm, I'm doing the work. I mean, it's, it's like, this is, and, and people are like, um, I, I was so like, I felt my hackles going up when so, this person asked this, cause they were like, what, you know, you have a day job. Right. And I was like, I don't coach during my day job. I, I mean, I feel like I have to like right. constantly say like, I have the boundaries. I'm not, you know, sometimes I do yoga during my lunch hour. I think that's okay. <laughs> do that, you know, right. like, but yeah, no, I'm not coaching. Like I have a day job and that, that day job has its boundaries and you know, it, that works both ways, you know, that mm-hmm. I get to carve out time for the business and whatever. But I think that for people, this is very, uh, hard for some people to process. 
And I do want to just, I mean, I, I can't keep reminding people, like, I don't have children. I have a very independent partner. I have a partner who's incredibly supportive of the work that I do. If I did not have the partner I have, I would not be doing the work that I'm doing. I mean, it is very clear to me that that has been a huge part of this. But I also think that this is a huge question I get in slow hustle is like, well, people, well, I have to work as much as you work. And it's like, no, these are all choices that we make. Like, I love the work that I do on the side. It doesn't feel like work to me. Like, do, am I tired at the end of the day? Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean I feel depleted or that I feel like my cup is empty. You know, like my cup is filled by coaching work. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get physically tired if I'm working, you know, 10 hour days. So I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to think about. And I, I think that there will come a point when I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep doing this. Um, and there was definitely even, I think about uh, maybe like a year ago, I was recording a season of Coach to Coach where I was saying I felt like I had hit my capacity because I was doing so much evening work and weekend work. And it, we adjust, you know, like you figure it out. And it's like, how important is it to me to run a coach training program? It's pretty dang important. So I'm going to make the time to do it. And mm -hmm. For right now, it's important to me to have the full-time job too. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say that it's easy and I don't think it's a fit for everyone. Um, but that's the other piece. And I appreciate you sharing, Sarah, that like we do get into this comparative mode. I, sometimes I get into this comparative mode. It happened just a couple of weeks ago where I was, I've been watching this person on Instagram who runs this program for people who want to build seven figure businesses. And she's been posting about how you can't run a seven figure business unless you hire people. And immediately I'm like, watch me, <laughs> I can do it without hiring people. And not that I'm like anywhere close to run. Like, let me be right. clear. Like I am not anywhere close to running a seven figure business, but I was like, you are, you are creating a understanding for people of what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. You're limiting that understanding that you're saying yeah. that, you know, you have to do X, Y, Z in order to achieve ABC. Like, I just don't mm -hmm. believe that's true. I think there are creative ways of doing all kinds of things. And there are some people who would love to hire, you know, people and, and have that. I think about that and I'm like, I'm sorry, I manage enough people in my day job. I don't feel like I need to do that in my business too. I, I want to have complete autonomy and control, you know, and maybe if I only had the business, I would make different decisions. But I think that's the other piece is like, you have to look at what I am never evangelizing the kind of business model that I have for everyone else. I think you have to make your own decisions. I'm just trying to put a window to say, here's what it looks like to have mm -hmm. a day job and to run a multiple six figure business on the side, that this is yep. what it takes, you know, to do yep. that. If you don't want to do that, or you want to find a different way, go for it. I mean, like that's, that's up to you, but I get asked this question all the time. What does your day look like? How are you doing this? I'm like, sure, here's my to-do list. Like you can see that I'm meeting with clients every single day. That's how you do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and the other piece too that that fits into this, and I know we're going to talk about um, finances a little bit more in an, in an upcoming episode, so I won't go too far into this. But you know, one of the things also is figuring out how much do you actually need to make, right? What and, is your enough number? Yes. What is it's your enough such number? An important, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think for you and I, that number is really different. And so I'm curious to dive into that conversation in a little bit, but. Um, you know, and, and your enough number is going to depend on all the variables we already talked about, right? <laughs> right? Like, do you have a mortgage? Do you have kids? Are you living alone? Do you have a partner, right? Is your partner working? All of those kinds of things fit into that enough number. But, but I also think it's important to tell the story that like, you don't have to have a six figure or seven figure business to 
be a worthwhile person who's adding value to all. your field, yeah. right? Like, Absolutely. so if, if your goal is to do good work and help people, <laughs> do you have to make six figures to do that? Like where, where are your goals and your metrics and, and how does that align with your values? And, and Katie, I know you do a lot of work and coaching in this area. Um, and so I'm curious if you have any sort of initial thoughts on that. I know we're diving into that, uh, that conversation a little bit more, uh, shortly, but, um, yeah, any sort of initial reactions? Yeah, I mean, I feel like part of this for me is, <sighs> I'm trying to think of how much I wanna disclose here. I mean, I was having this this conversation with my partner the other day. I, I feel like this says something about me because it feels in tension with what I was just talking about with kind of running these businesses and whatever, but we were having this conversation we were kind of thinking about future trajectory and like what, cause we, we do talk, I talk with my partner about kind of my career strategy because he's part of those decisions. And he really supported me as I was going through grad school. Like we've made a lot of these decisions together about where do we want to move and what kind of position am I trying for? And, and because a lot of my time goes to not just the business development, but like my own professional development of like earning credentials and things like that. Like he's often a part of that decision-making. And we were talking about it. And I said, you know, I know it's a little bit problematic <laughs> from the perspective of like financial planning, but I was like, my priority is not really my salary. I mean, like that, like I, I, it is way more of a priority for me that I am doing meaningful work where I feel challenged. And we had this kind of interesting conversation around it because obviously I'm the breadwinner. So it's like, it's not that it can't matter at all. I mean, I can't just like go work at a $30,000 a year job. I mean, I could, but it's like, we're choosing not to go down that path. And, you know, I think that it's, that's been an interesting thing to think about. And so for me, when I think about the business on the side, in some ways, the revenue metric is just another metric. Like it's, it's not, I, it's not really why I'm doing it. It's that it just gives me a metric of the health of what's happening with the business. Like, have we had growth? Are we roughly the same place this year that we were last year? You know, like that kind of thing helps me to understand trends of what's happening in the business. And like, are we having like certain quarters that are higher than others? And why is that? And like, it helps me with marketing. It helps me with like knowing when we need to launch something else. So I use that information as a way of kind of better understanding the concept of a business and how to run it successfully. But it's not like at the end of the day, why I'm getting up in the morning. Um, and I think that that is an important thing to consider with this concept of side business, full business. What are you trying to do? Um, for some people, like, it's way more important to have autonomy and independence and be creative and do your own thing. And so if that's really what you care about, make enough to live on, you know, and, and, <laughs> and that number is going to be different for everyone. But I would also say for me, and we'll get into this more, you know, in, in an episode on finances, like it is important to me that if I did go full-time in the business that I'm not just scraping by, you know, like I, I would like to be able to have a, a 401k equivalent I would like to be able to put away savings. I would like to be able to pay for health insurance, you know, like, and I, I think it's important for people to know there is a certain set of narratives out there that we have to be like starving small business owners. That is not necessarily the case. Is it true for some people? Yes. And they've made certain decisions or they've been put in difficult circumstances where, especially during COVID, we saw this and, yeah. and Sarah, you and I have talked about this. Like there were people who pivoted. There were people who didn't know how to do that. I mean, it, it, we saw lots of disparity about, you know, mm -hmm. what was happening in small business ownership. People who had brick and mortar shops were really struggling in different ways than people who had online businesses, you know, all of that. 
But I just think that it's important to understand there is a spectrum here of what you can do and what quote unquote success looks like, which we've also talked about in the past. And for me, I think that is the financial piece is part of that, but there's also like so many more variables um, that I'm looking at when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's complicated. It is like doing calculus, actually. (laughs) We need the area under the curve. (laughs) Um, I'm curious, Sarah, when you think about, I feel like there are areas of my business where I've said, if I did this full time, I would do this differently. Interesting. You know, like, or I would give more time or energy to this or that. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, like, if you had to divide your time into like a pie, yeah. where do you feel like it goes? And maybe we can compare this because I feel like there would be a difference here between like what I'm doing on the side versus what you're doing full time that maybe you have, or maybe I'm just telling myself that you have more room or space to do certain things that maybe I don't, you know, and, and what does that mean for our businesses and kind of what we're able to contribute? Hmm. Mm, pie. No, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> Yay, what pie. kind of pie are we what talking about? What kind of pie are we talking about? What is it filled with? No. Uh, <laughs> um, well, so in terms of, of my workload, and, and again, longtime listeners of the podcast will not be surprised to hear that <laughs> I'm, I am not as uh, regimented and planful <laughs> in a lot of my time as Katie is. <laughs> Like, I know, Katie, you have your to-do list and you just work that list. And that is awesome. Um, I love every time you remind our audience of this. Like, just, it makes me laugh like every single time. Cause it's like people, I think they know. I think they understand. I think they know. (laughs) But, but, you know, I am much more kind of haphazard and I'm, I'm a go where the energy is kind of girl, even on, even on a daily basis. And so, you know, I have my list of things that it's like, okay, in the next week ish, I need to attend to these things. And so then of a morning, you know, I'll deal with some email, right? There's like a certain amount of the pie that is communications related, right? That That is just kind of the necessary doing of the business, especially in COVID times where you're either hopping on Zoom meetings with people or you're emailing back and forth. Like that's that's a, you know, decent chunk of the pie. Um, and then for me, it's it's figuring out which of these projects I want to start kind of working on. And, and I often will kind of do a sort of a temp check on myself of how mentally engaged am I feeling today? Um, do I feel like I could really dive into something deep and, you know, that's going to require a lot of energy and a lot of thought and a lot of like really focused attention? Um, because there are certain tasks that are very much that for me and my business. Um then there are tasks that are, you know, a little easier to do kind of when my brain is a little checked out or uh, for me, mid afternoons are my terrible time of the day. And so I will often reserve um, even sometimes emails for that period of the day um, when I know that like, I just am not going to have the attention to dive deep on something. So um, I kind of have my own rhythms figured out that way with respect to like when during the day and kind of what my level of focus is likely to be. I can force it if I have to. Um, I prefer not to, <laughs> but I can force it if I have to. Um, so in terms of the, the pie, you know, I, I don't have a great sense for percentages, um, but one of the things I'm struggling with um, now, now that the business is actually doing pretty well and I'm, I'm very busy with client work a, a lot of the time, I would say, you know, when I'm not 
responding to emails and stuff, I'm basically working on client work the, all of the time. Um, I don't really have a slice of the pie that is as big as I would like it to be to um, work on the, the business itself. So um, one of the goals for January was to, you know, freshen up my website a little bit. I have not done that yet. <laughs> we are reaching the end of January very quickly. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm, I'm planning to carve some time out for that in the next couple of weeks, but um, it, your time, can, basically my point is your time or your pie can get filled with client stuff very easily or project-based work very easily. So there is a certain amount of being intentional about not sacrificing the work on the business for the sake of doing the work of the business, which is such a hard balance. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that before. Um, and I'm finding that to be the case for myself too. Um, you know, do you sacrifice time on your client work, which is the thing that's literally paying you, or do you sacrifice work on the business or do you sacrifice your weekend? Do you sacrifice your, your time with your family, right? Like there has to, something has to give. And so for me right now, this, the challenge is how do I um, either re redistribute the pie? I'm loving this pie metaphor, by the way. <laughs> it's great. Uh, how do I put whipped cream on this portion? No, uh, but, but how do I reallocate a little bit so that I'm making sure that I am keeping that, that chunk of time that I can spend working on the business, keeping that um, present. And, and even if it needs to flux a little bit, um, you know, January for me is a big time to kind of like refresh things and kind of refocus a little bit on, on some of those, those things. Whereas like November, right. I'm not, I'm not in the mindset to kind of really dive in and focus on the business, right. There's tax time that comes in largely for January for businesses, but January, February, March, right. There's all of that kind of stuff that has to get, that has to get um, slotted in somewhere. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think Katie, I don't, I don't know if there, if you went full time, if there would actually be more time for that, or would you fill it with the work of, of, you know, meeting with clients and coaching and, and all of those kinds of things, because you love doing that. Right. So that's, that's mm -hmm. the other challenge too, is like, I don't love doing taxes. It's not my favorite. <laughs> I would rather spend my time doing client work. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm, where I'm wrestling right now in terms of that distribution of doing the work of the business versus working on the business. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. It does. I mean, that's helpful. I think I've thought about if I went full-time in the business, I probably would still do the retreats that I do, um, which are a lot of the working on the business stuff. So the, yeah. what I just went through this past December, I did a lot of prep for the new year. I, and really what it does is free me up to do the client work, you know, and not have to worry about like creating the course shells for my new coach training, you know, cohort and all of that. And refreshing the syllabi. And I mean, it's, it's just doing a lot of the work ahead of time. Um, I think the big question I've asked myself is I don't think I would keep this evening weekend schedule, obviously that I'm kind of forced into if I was working in the business full time, like I would take more clients during the day, mm -hmm. but I've also thought about, um, you know, would there be certain days that would be client days? Would there be other days that I would block, you know, for admin or creative work or whatever? But I also think what's kind of interesting, I'm realizing as you're describing your work, Sarah, is that I used to do more creative work for clients. Like I would like create a website for them or something like that. And now that I'm doing more of the coaching work, I'm not really doing creative work for them. Hmm. I mean, maybe some of the yoga teaching I'm doing where it's like, I'm creating a thing in the moment, you know, to have that experience with the client, but coaching is so spontaneous. I mean, it's very based on like what's happening in the moment that I'm not having to do a lot of like prep work and like 
product creation that I'm like handing off in the same mm-hmm. way that I think you're probably doing. Um, and that, I think we have different like quote unquote production schedules, I think, because of that in terms of just what's required to do some of that client work and, and even the communication that's involved in that. I can automate some of my communication because I just have clients who are like scheduling through my automated calendar and I don't necessarily talk with them. Some of them I check in with in between, but not everybody. And so there's just a, kind of some interesting differences there in terms of the type of work that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really true. And, and you know, part of the thing I'm, I'm challenged by right now um, is, is not actually unlike the, the tension that a lot of people talk about with respect to the full-time versus part-time business scenario. So if you're working a full-time job and running your part-time business, do you have the creative energy and the energy, you know, product productivity and those sorts of things for your part-time business when you're also expending your energy on your full-time job? Mm-hmm. And I would say I'm, I'm feeling a similar sort of thing with respect to my own creative work that because I am doing so much creative uh, output to my clients right now, uh, just in the type of work that I'm doing in video production and, and that sort of thing, um, that requires a lot of, of me, right. And of my creative energy that even if I had allocated a certain part of the pie for Sarah's creative time, like, I'm not sure I would have any left to, to devote to that kind of creativity just because of the nature of the work I'm doing right now. And so for those of you who are, who are out there, like, you know, if you're writing all day and then you're like, I want to be a writer and you get home at the end of the day and you're like, I can't write anymore. Yeah, no, it's a thing. <laughs> it's real. Um, you yeah. know, and, and I feel that even in this, this full-time business situation. So yeah, it's a well, I feel like that, that is interesting to think about because when I left my job that I was doing in Boston, it was because I wanted to write more for my day job. And then I left my job in Oregon. Cause I was like, this is a lot of writing and it's really taking away from my creative energy. I mean, it's like, there's these like balances. I mean, you, it's like, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Um, What are you really trying to do, you know, during your day job? And I think that's an important thing to consider for people. Um, And this is also covered in the multi-potentialite book, the how to be everything where Emily Wapnick talks about this concept of having a day job that pays the bills, but is not tied to the work you're doing on the side. So that it is true, a true separation in terms of even the topical work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think to some degree, I was looking for that, you know, in the job that I have now, I wanted to have a little bit of separation from, you know, the, and I was starting to see a little too much overlap in the previous job as I was leaving it. And it was hard, like, it was hard for me to separate those things out because part of what, um, helps me, I think, to do both is that I can say, okay, I'm closing this laptop and I'm opening this other one. Like, I mean, it's like, I have like separate spaces that I work within when I'm doing client work. I actually have two different offices in my home. Mm-hmm. One is for the LLC work and one is for my day job. I do not do, do those things in the same space. Like I need to mm-hmm. be separating those things out. So it's more helpful for me to do that if I don't have similar things going on in both places. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Hmm. Anything hmm. else you want to say, Sarah, about side <laughs> business versus full-time business? Where what you're thinking about, you know, how you thought about this years ago and how you're thinking about it now? Yeah, I mean, I think the only the only thing is is uh, there's always going to be a little bit of the grass is always greener, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. there there is part of me that's like yeah, it would be really nice to have the stability of a full-time job and know I'm going to get a paycheck and blah, 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 uh, while also being able to run the side business. But I've also learned for me that that's less feasible than, um, 
you know, just devoting my, my time and energy to, to the one thing, um, whether that's a full-time job or the full-time business. Right. So, so I, I just need to be mindful about that for my own life and for my own career. And I think everybody's going to land differently on that and, and have to kind of do some reflection. You know, I have, I have colleagues and friends who are doing some um, freelance work and some other, other kinds of things who have their own businesses, but that also have like part-time jobs doing other kinds of things. And so Mm -hmm. that's another thing that we didn't really talk about too much here, but is, is there a way for you to have a part-time gig somewhere that uh, fills a certain, you know, part of, of your need for creativity or for, writing or for, you know, whatever it is. And then you can also have this time to be working and growing your side business as well. So, um, you know, that's another avenue to explore as well for, for folks who are looking at kind of how do I make that transition in a way that, that works for, for me and for where I am. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just emphasizing too, there are so many ways to do this. Yes. And the other thing too, I was talking with someone about this the other day, who's thinking about leaving academia and they were like, feeling, I, I mean, they had, I, I, I don't know what, what word to use, like not a defeatist attitude, but kind of a, like, this is closing a door and it's locking behind me and I can't come back. <laughs> like, like this is a final decision kind of situation. And I said, I feel like it's more like a revolving door. Like you can go out and you can come back in. Like this yeah. is not, academia is not just going to lock you out. If you decide you want to take a break and either go into industry or try your business for a while or whatever, like you can come back. I mean, I, I think that we have this sense that it's like some of these decisions we make are like final, final, final decisions. I don't know that that's true. So I just think that there's a lot of flexibility and, and there's also so many skills that you develop from being a business owner that you can leverage in these other jobs and like be entrepreneurial and have an understanding of things like marketing and, you know, other kinds of things that you might not be able to pick up anywhere else. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like there's just a lot of different ways to think about it. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> well, Sarah, another good conversation. Thank you for Yay. joining me for this episode yeah. of, of Make Your Way and thinking about side business versus full-time business. And mm-hmm. listeners, you're welcome to check out the show notes. You can always find those at drkatielinder.com backslash M-Y-W. And we will be back soon with another episode. Thanks, Sarah. Yay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at drkatielinder.com backslash MYW. If you found this episode helpful, please consider rating or reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.